Hello, this is Daniel Orton, pastor of Harvest House United Pentecostal Church in Marion, Kentucky. It is our desire to see hurting hearts and minds healed as they are born again into the kingdom of God. It is my desire that this podcast will be a blessing to you and help bring you closer to Jesus. Try to take us on a little journey for a few moments. Again, I'm so glad to see Christina here. And I'm glad to see that God's doing something in your life. I don't know where you are with your walk with God right now. I have no idea. But I can sure tell where God's wanting to take you. And uh, I think he's got greater things for you. Uh, Genesis 3, verse 16. If you don't have your Bible, if you don't have it on a device, uh, you should find it behind me. Some scriptures that may seem strange to you but I feel very strong Genesis 3.16 this is let me set the stage before I read this if you do not know what this is about this is after Adam and Eve have eaten the fruit and they have let sin infiltrate their life by taking the, the fruit which basically is sin is just doing what God's asked you not to do and this is what they've done they eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and after they eat, the Lord finds them in the garden and he begins to bring down judgment on each one, the people involved. Uh, the first one was verse 15. I don't have that there. And he basically told the serpent, you know, you're going to be cursed on your belly. And then he begins to bring judgment. What we've got to know is anytime you sin, there's going to be judgment in your life. Okay? You cannot get around that. You always have judgment in your life when it comes to sin. And the only way you can get that taken care of is you have to repent over your sin. And you've got to get that under the blood. So keep that in mind. So with all that said, let me read. Genesis 3.16. And to the woman, Eve, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow in thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. And thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Ladies, as much as you hate it, that verse is there. Okay? As much as you may hate that verse, that verse is there. This is in the beginning. If you ever want to know how things are supposed to operate, you always go back to the beginning. This is the beginning. This is how God meant for things to operate. I'm... Now, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to sit here and tell you that men's supposed to be dogmatic, whatever. But because of sin, this is why we have this battle. All right? Understand that. And to Adam, he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. Everybody say cursed is the ground. And to the man, he said, the ground's now cursed, and in sorrow thou shalt eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat, uh, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field, and the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return to the ground, for out of it was thou taken, for dust thou art, and to dust shalt thou also return you ever get pricked by a thorn well that's the man's fault every time you find a thorn every time you find a weed growing up in your garden or in your flower pot 
that's that's the man's fault every time you drop a sweat uh, a bead of sweat when you're working man it's because of Adam all right I want to talk to us today without fear or favor to anybody here today on this thought the land somebody look somebody beside of you and say the land now tell somebody else say he's going to make sense of it before he's done <laughs> all right jesus we love you we thank you for your goodness we thank you for your mercy we thank you for your grace we thank you lord for what you're going to do what you have done and lord jesus what you are doing right now and i'm asking you to help me god i am nothing i am nobody but God, I need your help here today. I'm asking you to help me, God, to share this the same way that I felt in my spirit, Lord, and we could see somebody, including myself, God, receive exactly what you have for us today. In Jesus' name, the church can say, Amen. It was in the first chapter of our Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verses 9 through 13, that you see God say, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place. And let the dry land, everybody say dry land. dry land. Let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth. And the gathering together of the waters called he seas. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the third day. God created this land that you and I walk upon. Dave's got that shirt on there, home of the brave. We love this land, America, United States. But the truth of the matter is, this entire land, this entire world, God created for every one of us. He created this land and what comes out of it on the third day, a very special place for every human being in this world. Surely we're not so removed as older folks that we do not remember the fact, the importance of, uh, of the plants out there for us to be able to breathe correctly. If the plants wasn't out there, and I, I'm old and I don't remember it real well, but I, I remember well enough that, that we need this, these plants and stuff to help give out oxygen and all this other stuff. And, and maybe if I'd been smarter, I'd got a little more versed with this. Uh, or knowledge of this before I got up here today, but God created the land that we live on, whether it be America, whether it be Russia, whether it be whatever land it is, anywhere that has dirt, the stuff that you and I are created from, that we walk on every day, He created that for us as a special place from the very beginning. A place of sustaining place for humanity to live in. And on that third day of creation of the land, God said, let the earth, the land, bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, the fruit tree yielding fruit, and the land brought forth grass, herb yielding seed after its kind, and the tree yielding fruit. And God saw that it was good. When you look at the beauty of this world, you can see that there is no artist that can paint a beautiful picture like our God can. I know a lot of people does, but Sister Lisa, I enjoy 
the pictures that you put on social media of the sunsets that you get at your house. It is absolutely breathtaking and beautiful some of the pictures that we see. God has painted some incredible pictures with this land that He has created. If you've never been to the ocean and seen the water as it rolls in, it's a sight to behold. There's nothing like it. A lot of people don't like the ocean. They don't like the sand. But I could sit there all day long in the sand with my toes in the sand enjoying the water just flowing and rolling in. A lot of people instead like the mountains. And I love the mountains. They're absolutely beautiful. There's nothing like I, I've only been to the Smoky Mountains and the Ozarks. I haven't been to the Rockies. Maybe someday I'll get to go there. But there's nothing like opening up a window uh, and then looking out at the mountain and just seeing the beauty of the mountains. God can paint such a beautiful picture of this land that He has given us. And, and Sister Michelle, even driving here from our uh, humble abode there in Dawson Springs on, on the fall, there's some beautiful land that you can see just coming from Dawson to here in the cornfields and and when the wheat begins to flow and the wind begins to blow, blow across the wheat and you see it almost like it's waving at you, God can, God can paint a beautiful picture like nobody else can. You can take a picture of it, but you can't, it's not like being there and seeing it. You can, you can have somebody to talk about how beautiful the creation is, but unless you actually see it, there is nothing at all like it. Praise God. I haven't been to the Garden of Gods and I was sad to hear that a young lady fell from the garden of God this week and, and lost her life but I haven't been there but I look anticipating to go to the garden of God just across over in the Illinois right there and, and just see the uh, the beauty of what there the pictures that I've seen but I haven't beheld it with my own eyes and I have been able to go over there to cave and rock and walk down into the cave and see the beautiful uh, cave that they have there how many's ever been to uh, Mammoth Cave absolutely incredible walking into Mammoth Cave if you've ever been to Branson and if you went to Silver Dollar City, they 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 uh, talk about the beautiful uh, the the crazy rides and all the stuff. But that place is made known because of the cave that's underneath Silver Dollar City, and it's absolutely beautiful. We went, and I enjoyed actually going down in the cave more than I enjoyed the riding the rides that was there because God's creation in this land that He has given us to live in is absolutely beautiful. And I don't know about you, but I think we ought to think. God that he has given us such a beautiful world to live in it's beautiful thank God for America Rocky Mountains and, and, and uh, uh, the Ozarks and, and, and all the caves and stuff we have here in America but, but I'm told that there's a there's a uh, what's the Grand Canyon I've never been there to talk about how beautiful it is but I've got a friend of mine that I used to work with in California went down to Mexico he said you know what there's a, there's a canyon in Mexico that's bigger than the Grand Canyon that's more pretty than it is we have no idea what's all out there God's created a beautiful, beautiful land. Amen. Four years ago, me and Sister Cheryl was privileged to go to Cozumel, Mexico for our uh, 25th anniversary. And, and, and we was there, this beautiful island right off the edge of, uh, of Mexico, which is a part of Mexico. And, and thank God we was out there snorkeling and seeing all God's creation in the water, the fish swimming around and, 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 and the, uh, uh, the big, huge starfish that we've seen as we floated over top. God's creation is beautiful. He created this creation for us yeah. to sustain us, to 
uh, uh, help us live. Because whether you like fruits and vegetables or not, maybe you're just a meat eater. Brother Donnie, I used to fuss at him all the time. He didn't like, he didn't like fruits and vegetables. I said, Brother Donnie, you need to eat more fruits and vegetables. You'll live longer. Just saying. Okay? He didn't want it. But the truth of the matter is, if he had eaten from the fruit of the land more, but he still was eating from the fruit of the land. Because the cattle and the chicken and the pigs that he may like, they all are sustained by the land that God created for you and I to live on. Amen. Everybody say the land. The land. The land. But in our text, we see something that happens to this land that is so beautiful. Because we see it in a beautiful way. But now then we also see this land in a way that God never meant for it to be. The tragedy that happened in eastern Kentucky this week. Such a tragedy. The last I heard, 25, 26 people did. From the floods. Why? The floods channeled through this beautiful land that we have. Carving. Taking houses and cars and people. And the land devoured people. We see stories in the Word of God that when there was battles, there's one particular story. I, I wish I'd wrote it down. I didn't. Uh, I've got some notes, but I'm going to preach a lot from my heart today. But uh, we see one story that, that said, in this battle, the Word of God actually says this, that day more people died from the woods than they did from the sword. The land divided them. The land killed them. Just as this young lady that I, I seen died in the Garden of Gods, I think 10, 11 years old, fell 100 feet off the beautiful landscapes that there is in the Garden of Gods and fell to her death. That was never meant to take, the lamb was never meant to take the life. In the text, we see something that happened to this beautiful land. God put the land there for the, He put the land there for the Garden of Eden for them to be sustained and lived off from. And yes, we still have that. And yes, if it was not for this land that we live in, there is no way you and I could live. We could not make it. Whether you're a meat eater or whether you're a, a vegetarian, it doesn't matter. Both comes from the land because it's sustained from this land. We need this land to live in. We need this land. And in Adam and Eve that day, as they allowed sin to enter, into their lives by eating of the tree of good and evil which is basically what they done they removed God out of their decision making and out uh, and took his place when God said don't eat of this tree of good and evil what he was basically telling them was that tree uh, uh, he was he gave us an opportunity to make a choice and they made a bad choice just like you and I make a lot of bad choices but sister Michelle when they made that bad choice and they eat of that tree of knowledge of good and evil somebody might think well, what's the big deal we ought to be able to know what the, the difference between good and evil is but God never meant uh, this they're basically supposed to work like this God put that there to let them know you don't have to make a decision on what's good and what's evil. That's my decision. I'll decide what's good. I'll decide what's evil. Your only responsibility to me is to have a relationship with me and trust me that what I say is good for you is good for you. And what I say is bad for you is bad for you. And I tell you that that tree, you need to leave it alone. Amen. 
And the reason He placed it there was to let us have our own choice. That when they made the decision to go ahead and eat of that tree, of that, that right there, they brought something into this world that was never meant to be in this world. We were never meant to decide that what is good and what is evil. Just trust Him. Just trust Him. We just need to let God be God. And we can just be His creation and serve Him and love Him and enjoy the fruit of the land. That's what He wanted us to do. But they allowed sin, which in its simplest form is not obeying God's plan for our lives, not obeying His Word. And when they did, sin entered into this world. And sin comes, as I said earlier, it comes at a cost to everyone. Sin comes at a cost to everyone. You may think today, if you're sitting here, that, that I can do my sin and I can get away with it. If you're a young person, you may think I can be, I can be sexually active and not, I'm just going to be pastor and I'm going to be real today. You can think I can be sexually active and I can have sex outside of marriage and it's alright. I'm telling you right now, it's a sin. And if you're actively engaged into it and God come back according to the Word of God, you will not inherit the Kingdom of God. If you are, if you are a liar and if you're you're lying and the Bible says for us not to lie and you think well it's okay it's just a little white lie we got to understand something if it's going against God's word it's a sin and if we're doing that there is a there is a cost that comes with sin you cannot sin and get away with it you may get away with it today. We talked about it down here Thursday night in our Bible study lesson. We were down there talking about it. And the fact that the, the, the thing the devil really doesn't mind for us is this, is the fact he doesn't mind that you don't get immediate punishment from your sin. Because we think if we have, we do that sin and we think we got away with it, we can do it again and it's okay. But it's not okay. Because you will pay for sin. Every sin comes with a price. Every sin comes with a price. And the sin that Adam and Eve done that day came with a price. It came to a price to this precious land that you and I live in. If that had never happened, that precious young lady wouldn't have fell from them rocks. Them 25 people would have died of this land down there uh, this week. Hallelujah. The 70 plus people that died from the tornadoes in, in December of this year in Kentucky would not have died. Because sin brings death. They might have died, but not that way. They might have died, but not at the, not at the cost of this land devouring them. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. So sin brings punishment. And in our text today, Genesis 3.16-19 said the woman to the woman, God said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow. Because of sin, okay? This is all because of sin. I will greatly multiply thy sorrow in thy conception, and in sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband. He shall rule over thee. Like it or not, ladies, that is why there's pain involved in childbirth. Like it or not, that is why there's pain involved in childbirth. I know we got a generation that wants to change their gender. But you hear me today. You can't change your gender from what God created you to be. Amen. 
If He created you to be a woman, you'll be a woman. If He created you to be a man, you'll be a man. I don't care what you try to do. But listen to me. And what happened right here, people don't want to accept it and that's why they don't like it. They want everybody to be equal. But the reason that we're not equal is because of sin. And whether you like it or not, ladies, typically the lady's body is not built like the man's. It's not as strong. Just, just being real. It's what the Word says. And you can't get away from it. No matter how you want to play with it or laugh at it. I'm not intimidated today by nobody. You've got to understand that. I come with a word from God Amen. that's going to save somebody. It's going to save a generation that will hear me today. Man, whether you like it or not, you've got to work. Amen. And if you don't work, that's not the plan of God. Amen. Ladies, you ladies that's had to do it on your own, Sister Chassie, I commend you. You're doing a job that, you didn't, that wasn't intended for you to do. Your job was to bear that baby. Your job was to bear that child and let a man. But there's a man that dropped the ball. I'm going to preach real to you today, all right? Thank God for women that will pick up where the men let loose because there's a lot of men that don't do what they ought to do. And there's a whole lot of women uh, that take the, the brunt of prayer and they, they make the church and push it and go on. And what we need is some men to be the men. Raise up, praise God. Get a job. Get a prayer life. Work and do what you need to do. Get off the video games and be a man. That's your curse that God gave you. What? They made me mad. No, I don't care what they've done. If you work, they're going to make you mad. That's not about making you mad. It's about you making a dollar and taking care of the bride that God gave you. <laughs> I, didn't, that, I wasn't going there. There it is. It's free. No, it ain't free. Come to the calls. That's because, that's because of sin, all right? So next time you try, the next time you ladies try to pick up something, you've got to call a man to do it because you're not strong enough. And hopefully he's strong enough because he's being a man and not being some uh, sissy girl. I'm just going to be real today. I'm all right. Come on, man, you need to take care of your woman. If you can't, you need to go work out. Be a man. I said, Sister Chassie, I'm sorry you had to work, honey. Or any other lady that here's had to work. Because some man let don't don't you don't you let down that woman, all right? God is not letting down his bride. He's there for us, he's taking care of us. Amen. Oh my God, how'd I get here? Praise the Lord. Y'all know what that is? That's loud environment. All right. My watch lets me know if it gets to a certain decibel, it's being really loud. We need that to happen more often in Pentecostal Church. We've been way too quiet. Thank God you're getting behind me. Listen to me. I, I got somewhere I'm going. God said to Adam, Because thou hast hearkened to the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow thou shalt eat all the days of thy life. I think I've covered it pretty good. The fact that, man, we've got to work. Get a job. Hold a job. That's a whole that's a whole nother sermon, but be a man. 
Mm. Ladies, be a lady. I'm stuck here for a second. I'm just sorry. There's a reason God, that's a reason God put the scriptures in there. In Deuteronomy 22 and 5. Anybody know what it is? Come on. Surely somebody did. 22 and 5. Yes. What's that, Brother Day? Ah. Man, man's not supposed to put on a woman's garment. A woman's not supposed to put on a man's garment. There's a reason he put it there. I'm there, baby. I'm all right. I'm pastor. I can handle it. So old, old Testament's been abolished. I don't care if it has been abolished or not. That word said it's an abomination to God. Ain't going to change. I'm here. I'm trying to get where I'm going. Just listen to me. Every time, every time us machinists, every time we get a splinter in our finger from a piece of metal where we're working, that we can thank Adam for it. Every time, you ladies, your body starts to break down from the calcium that you lose when you have a baby, that's because of Eve, the sin that came in this world. That back you got hurt and delivering all that mail, Brother David, that's because of Adam, okay? Made that bad decision. And unfortunately, sis, it's because of Adam and Eve. You had to deal with both of them. I'm sorry, sis. God got a great reward for you. But there's something we miss in this judgment. We concentrate on the fact that the, the snake, the serpent, had to crawl upon his belly. A lot of theologians say that the serpent actually could fly during that time. Thank God they're crawling on my belly. I, I don't know what I'd do if a, if a snake could fly. I, I just don't think I could handle that. And then the ladies, the childbirth. Then the men, the working. But did you notice there's one more curse there? Anybody notice there's one more curse there? God cursed the ground. He said, curse is the ground for thy sake. God told Adam that because of his sin, the land was going to be cursed. The land was going to be cursed. Any gardeners? Anybody? Anybody like garden? Flowers. How about flowers? Anybody like grow flowers? You ever get to pull them weeds out of the flowers? Anybody like to keep their beautiful yards looking good and all that crazy grass comes out? I just mow it, okay? If I can mow it down lower and not have to mow about every three weeks, I'd be fine. But listen, what are you trying to say? I'm saying this. Every time you deal with a weed, every time you deal with a thorn, every time we deal with a tornado, every time we deal with the land devouring somebody, you know what that's coming from? That's coming from sin because the earth was cursed because of the sin. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to bear a child in pain. You're going you're gonna, to, men, we're going to have to work and, and some of us are going to have to do the other jobs that the other ones have to deal with and all this kind of stuff. But this land is cursed. This land is cursed. Hallelujah. And we've got to understand this land is cursed. God created this land to be a blessing. But now, all of a sudden, this land is beautiful as it is 
is. It is still cursed. Because if you do not, you can't just let your yard go. You can't just let your garden go. You can't just let your flowers go. Because if you do, the weeds will grow faster than the plants. Hallelujah. If you just let your yard go, it will look like a jungle because the land is cursed. And the only way you can keep it looking good is you've got to work it. That's our curse. But the curse of the ground is it is cursed on our sake. And no more does it only bring forth the fruit. And the only way you're going to get the fruit of the ground is you've got to work it. You've got to work in God's plan. You've got to do what God has called you to do. You cannot just let it go. Amen. The land's cursed. Let me tell you something else it is. It's against you. Yeah, it helps us. But if you don't take care of the land, you know what it'll do? It's against you. You can plant that garden, but I can tell you what, somebody will know whether you're working in your garden or not because the weeds will take it over. It'll tell on you that you're lazy or you're too busy. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Or both. Lamb, <laughs> it'll tell on you. But let's take it to a new level. Let's take it to another spiritual level. Well, that's on the physical aspect. But I'll tell you what else it'll do too. It'll also tell on you if you're spiritually sinning. You mean to prove it? Let me prove it. It's found in Genesis chapter 4. The very next chapter. Verse 9 through 12. The Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? He said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? He said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. Sister Penny, the ground cried to God. The land cried to him and let him know their sin has happened. Their sin that's happened. And the land cried out and said, The blood. The blood that's not supposed to be here. And it cried out. The Word of God says it plain today. It said, The voice of thy brother's blood cries to me. We know the story. Surely Cain got upset at his, uh, at his brother and he killed him. And all of a sudden when the blood came running down or it spilled to the ground, all of a sudden there's something come up from that ground. The, the ground let the Lord know. Oh, I'm telling you right now, there's something here that's not supposed to be here. And it began to cry out and let him know. I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know how it happened. If a, if a mist come up or God just, whatever. And we know God knows everything, but this is what the Word says. And all of a sudden, now then, the Lord speaks to him and said, Now thou art cursed from the earth, which has opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. And when thou tillest the ground, it shall his both yield unto her strength, uh, uh, yield unto her, thee her strength of fugitive, and vagabond shalt thou be. Hear me. When he sinned against God and the blood hit the ground, you know what he said? The ground is not going to produce for you no more. What does that mean to us here today, Brother Orton? I'll tell you what that means today. There's something in the land that is cursed. There's something in the land that's cursed. And we got to deal with it. But when we take it to a spiritual aspect, it also lets us know that the land is cursed right now. 
what's going on with this city lake in here I'll, I'll go ahead and say it right now it is the curse of God on the city drying up this land because God has brought truth to this city and people he's even tried to run us out of this place you may say that's being awful self-centered but Lord it's not being self-centered God sent us to this city hallelujah to see a revival praise God and there's been a certain sect of people that has rejected us even to the point they tried to put my son in jail and tried their best to get us to run us out of this city and get us to leave and the ground is crying out crying up and saying I'm pleading I'm pleading the land is cursed and is crying out to God drying up you take the aspect of 10, 11 inches of rain hit in eastern Kentucky to deal with what they're going on with. And it's raining in St. Louis and yet Marion is still looking for rain. Why? Because the land is crying out to God. The blood is crying out to God. Oh, hear me today. Evidently, I must, I, I must be where I need to be because this entire ca audience is captivated and it's not me, it's God. I felt it in my spirit. God spoke to me about the land. The land needs to be healed. Ah, hear me right now. I've seen so many people talking about America right now. We need to get this one into the office. And, and I believe we need to vote. We need to go, we need to, go to the uh, uh, voting booth and we need to vote with all the godly conviction that we can. He may not be, he or she may not be the best person for the job, but all we got to do is weed through it and vote for the most godly person that we can find. And sometimes that most godly person is not very godly. But if they're the ones that's going to help the church more than anything else, that's the one we need to pick. I understand that. And that will help our land. But nothing is going to help this land anymore praise God than not necessarily getting somebody in the White House or Frankfurt or wherever it's when the church gets back to where it needs to be and we start seeking God what this nation America needs hallelujah is not necessarily another government official that we think should be there but what this nation really needs is somebody to praise God fulfill what God has called us to really do and that's to repent hallelujah because that's the only thing that's going to heal the land that's the only thing that's going to bring revival that's that's the only thing that's going to take away the devourer is when you and I repent because when we repent you know what it does it begins to heal the land and if I have a subtitle at all today it's just simply this it's time to repent it's time to repent however's uh, house it's time to repent America we need to repent because the land is crying out you think I'm off track here today? You look at everything that's going on across this world right now. Crazy tornadoes, floods, droughts all over the world. This crazy pandemic. There's pestilence that's going on. All kinds of things is happening. This land is crying out. This land is crying out. Why do you think that in the last days there will be more earthquakes? Because the land is crying out. Saying there's got to be judgment. You've got to bring judgment, Lord. We've had this too long. There's been too much blood that's been spilled on us. And this cursed land is crying out to God said, bring me back. Bring me back to the place you created me to be. 
That's why there's going to be a new heaven. And that's why it's going to be a new earth. God's going to restore it back to the place that it originally wanted to be in the book of in the book of Genesis, in the Garden of Eden. Hallelujah. And if we're not going to cry out, that's why Jesus told them. How he said, if these don't cry out to me, the rocks are going to cry out. What is he saying? If they're too rebellious and too stubborn to recognize who I am and they don't give me the praise that I deserve, I'll make the rocks cry out for me because the land will respond better than you and I. And we're responding to the sin of this area everywhere across this world right now we're seeing it happen we're seeing it happen the land is shaking the the land is going crazy because it understands that judgment of God is coming if you haven't noticed this world is crazy right now you know what's happening the land is trying to wake us up and make us realize Jesus is fixing to come back at any moment and you've got to wake up you've got to wake up what you got to wake up and do you've got to repent we got to repent because that's the only thing that covers. I said, I said that, okay? I said that every sin comes with death. It comes with punishment. But here's the kicker. Here's what takes it. In that garden when they sinned. When they sinned in that garden. The Lord told them. The day that you eat you're going to die. He told them. The day you eat, basically saying, when you sin, it's the same scripture that was used in Romans. When you sin, it brings death. But they thought it was going to be immediate death. But it wasn't immediate death. So it's the same thing we deal with now. So let's take a young person, for example. They have a, uh, they have, let me just be plain, they have sex and they're not married. And God doesn't strike them dead. Woo! I can get away with it! Now, sometimes God brings it back on you and you get pregnant. I, I, can, I can do this and get away with it. All of a sudden it comes back. But most majority of the times when you do this stuff, yeah, the Bible says be sure your sins will find you out. But the majority of times it's just like Adam and Eve. They eat. Eve, oh, I didn't die. Adam was right there with her. Slump scumbag. Because he's the one who got the word from God. He let her eat the fruit. Why didn't you eat it first? Because he wanted to find out if she's going to die right then. He had more ribs to go. You saying? Stinking scumbag, eat that fruit, let his wife, let his wife eat that fruit. She didn't die. So, Ooh, let me try, sweetie. And it didn't happen immediately. And this is where we find ourselves. It doesn't happen immediately. But all of a sudden, this is what happened. I, I could just see them. Woo! All of a sudden, they got all this knowledge, this new good and evil knowledge that never intended to be for them. It's all fine and dead until they heard the voice of God. And when they heard the voice of God, uh oh, I'm naked. Adam, you've always been naked. What's different now? You know what's different? Sin brings shame. And shame brings disgrace. And, and sin and shame makes you want to hide from God. Amen. When you hear the voice of God, that's why it needs to get back to the place that the sinner can't sit in the, in the congregation of the godly. 
I wanted to get back to the place that the sinner can't sit in here, snicker, and laugh because the presence of God is so strong. Whether you want to hear the voice of God or not, He begins to speak to you, and you've got to run out that door, you've got to run to the altar. You can't sit here by yourself. This is where it's going to get back to, okay? And here they are, the voice of God. Oh, I'm naked. And they tried to cover up their self, right? What, what did they cover themselves up with? Anybody know? Fig leaves. They take fig leaves, sew themselves something together, somehow, I don't know, I vision like this, hiding from the Lord, you know. Ladies, whatever, you know. Adam, where are you at? Well, we heard your voice and we were afraid because we were naked. And the Lord said, who told you you were naked? Because in my presence, you should always be able to come before me and not be ashamed. You should always be able to come before me and not be ashamed. So you're feeling shame? You know why? Because you've let sin and sin comes with a price. Sin comes with separation from God. Sin keeps you from God. And here they are trying to cover up themselves. And this is what we still try to do. We try to cover our sin ourselves. And you can't do it, okay? You can't delete your history enough. You're still looking at porn. You can't... I'm on it, so I'm just letting me go there. You... If you're a young person, you're having sex and you're not married, you can use all the contraception you want, all the pregnancy stuff to keep you from being pregnant. You're still having sex. And it's still sin. All right? It doesn't stop it. You're trying to cover it up. But don't There's only one thing that will cover it. It's the blood of Jesus. God, on that day, you know what he done? He slayed animals. Blood was shed. My opinion, I believe it was a lamb. I believe the lamb was shed. And the Bible said that God made coats to cover them up. This is just a side note, okay? He made them coats. That means it covered their body. So some of you need to cover your body. That's just, that's separate and free. I just wanted to put that down here. So. He covered their bodies. But the important thing is what, it, what covered them was the blood. And throughout the history, we see that's what begins to happen. Every time somebody sinned, it took blood. It took blood. It took blood. It took blood. Until we get to the place to where Jesus became the ultimate sacrifice. And that's why His blood covers us. Amen. Notice something. As He's right a week before it's time for Him to be crucified. Sister Chassie's walking along and he finds a fig tree. And there's no figs on it. What did he do? Anybody know what he done? He cursed that fig tree. And when they come back by, the, the disciples was marveled like, what? You know, you know my opinion? I heard somebody say this. And I, I love it, so I'm going to share it with you. You know why they, he probably cursed that fig tree? Because it reminded him of what humanity tried to cover themselves with. What did he try to cover himself up with? Fig leaves. And when he seen that fig tree, it's like, yeah, you thought you had it then. You're cursed. You didn't give me no fruit then, and you're not going to give no more fruit no more. Cursed. And it withered up. 
Then he went to the tree. And he shed blood for every one of us. And the only way that sin can be covered now, my friend, is through repentance. Amen. It's the only way. It's the only, only, only way. The only way the land is going to stop screaming and yelling is when a people begins to pray once again and seek the face of God and repent. Do you know what repent means? It means stop doing whatever you're doing. Whatever you're doing. Repent. At simplest basis form is if you're, if, if you're a lying, you stop lying. If you're a thief, you stop stealing. Okay? Amen. That's at its base root. Does that mean you won't never lie again? Well, you may lie again. But the Bible says we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. You can go back and say, will you forgive me? You don't just keep on doing that. Do we, uh, uh, you know, the grace of God saves us, but does that give us a license to sin? No. You're going to make a mistake. You're a human. You're going to mess up. And that's why... Young people, you can't put yourself in a compromised place because you can't trust your flesh. You may say, oh, we're not going to have sex, but you get yourself in a place where nobody else is around and you get passionate, your flesh will control you. I, I'm not going to... Lord, forgive me of looking at pornography. Well, that's all good and fine. He'll, he'll forgive you, but you can't keep going back and clicking on things. Repent means I'm going to make a decision. I'm not doing this no more. That don't mean you're not going to make a mistake. You're going to mess up. But that don't mean you're a failure. That means you have a great big God that says, okay, you've messed up. Now come on back because I love you. I made a way for you to be saved. I made a way for sin, for me to pay for the sin and not you pay for the sin. He has an atonement for our sin. It's called the blood of Jesus. And the only way it can come to us is when we repent. Lord, this all sounds real good and fine, but I, I don't know if I believe all this stuff with the land that's going on because it's not just marrying. I, I can guarantee whatever happened in any place that destruction's going on, there's some major sin going on and God wants a revival in that area and they have either refused the revival or God is trying to wake them up and get them ready for the revival. So He's letting the land cry out. And when it cries out, unfortunately, when sin happens, death happens. This is what's going on. The land is screaming. Judgment's coming. Just as the blood cried out from Abel. Something's happened. It's crying out. The land of Marion's crying out. I know there's a greater revival. Amen. For some reason, they're rejecting it. And God said, I'm going to get the revival one way or another. Let me shut up the heavens. Let me stop the flow. And I guarantee you, everywhere you go, that great destruction is happening and going on. God is trying to bring revival and the land is bucking up and saying, I'm going to help you a little bit. I'm going to try to get you back on your knees. I'm going to try to get you back in line where you need to be because nothing will bring you to your knees faster than a catastrophe. 
A catastrophe will do one of two things. It will draw you to God or away from God. I pray today that if you have found yourself in a catastrophe, you need to fall on your face and say, God, I don't know what's going on, but God, if I have sin in my life, I repent. Get it out of me because I want to see revival. 2 Chronicles 7 and 12. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I've heard thy prayer. I have chosen this place to be uh, to myself for a house of sacrifice. Listen to him. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, What's he saying? He said, listen to me. You cried out for this revival. You cried out for me to be in your presence. But don't be surprised if I don't shut up the rain. If the locusts don't come and begin to dry the land. Don't be surprised if the land causes a pestilence among my people. But then he adds this clause in there that every one of us knows so very well. Listen to the word of it. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and what? Heal their land. Heal their land. God wants to heal some land, praise God. He wants to heal some land in this area, praise the Lord. But from, uh, uh, but I'm telling you right now, what we need is the ministry of John the Baptist to come back in with our churches. Hallelujah. What is that? He come and he begin to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What you and I need right now, we need the ministry of John the Baptist. Yeah, we need the Holy Ghost and we need, we need baptism in Jesus' name. But what we really need is some people to repent because what happens when you repent you get hungry for God again I, uh, I enjoyed your hunger that I seen on this altar because I've not seen that in a little while praise God Bobby I enjoyed seeing you over here seeking God and God's giving you another start again and that when you was down there praying for Jacob oh come on something rose up inside of me what some of you in this place today need to do you need to get hungry for more than a carnal fleshly desire you need to get hungry for a move of God you don't need another boyfriend you don't need another girlfriend what you need is God you need to repent you need to fall on your face God's crying out through the land he wants us to get up we need to humble ourselves we need to pray we need to seek the face of God yes. and when we do God's going to heal the land Hallelujah. God's going to heal the land Everybody in Marion may not want it, but what you and I need to start doing is biblical. We can do it. We need to start repenting for the city. Somebody says, I didn't do that sin. It doesn't matter. You know what Job done? Job repented for his children just in case they done something wrong. I know ultimately it has to be everybody else. But if we'll start for if we'll start repenting, say, God, will you forgive Marion, Kentucky for the sins against this land? Hallelujah. Will you forgive Marion, Kentucky for the sins against this land? Oh, I'm telling you what will happen if we can get at that in our spirit and we'll be humbled before God and we'll begin to seek His face and we'll return from our wicked ways. Hallelujah. And we'll say, God, forgive us. Forgive this land. We're going to see revival in this land. Hallelujah. We're going to see revival in this area. Praise the Lord. 
Repentance is the thing different. Hallelujah. It is to have a total different mindset. It's to go away from what you were doing. Oh, it comes with a feeling. Feeling may draw you to repentance, but true repentance is a decision. True, uh, true repentance is a choice that says, I'm not going to live that way anymore. I'm not going to live in that wretched way. I'm not going to live in the way that everybody else is living. But I'm making up my mind right now today that I'm not going to be like everybody else. We got such a generation that wants to be different. Everybody, young people, let me preach to you for a second. We got young people right now that are doing drugs, alcohol, and having sexual relations and all this. Any of y'all can do that any day you want and be like everybody else. But I'm calling on a young person that really wants to be different than anybody else and stand for truth and say, you know what? I'm not going to smoke. I'm not going to do drugs. I'm not going to drink alcohol. I'm not going to have sexual relations before I get married. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. I'm going to get a hold of God. You want to be different? That's really different. Praise God. Oh, come on. You don't got to be goth and you don't got to be all these other things. You can be a child of God if you want to be different. And you know what you're going to do? The land is going to begin to heal. The lake is going to begin to feel. And the spirit is going to begin to flow out of our life. Living water is going to start flowing out of us. Hallelujah. That's what God's waiting on. Taking priest about it the other night. Last Sunday. Hallelujah. How the rain is coming. And somebody needs to wake up, praise the Lord, and say, I see the rain coming. God's going to flood this area with His Spirit because there's going to be somebody going to humble themselves and seek His face. Hallelujah. Um, I think I'm there. I think I'm done. Bethany, come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Luke 13, 5. The word of the Lord says, I tell you nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Except you repent. I'm calling on us from young to old today to repent. Sister Penny, when I first felt this, I was just simply going to call it repent. But then God began to nudge me and take me down this avenue. What are we repenting of? Because some people don't even know what sin even is. Mm-hmm. Obviously they can't. Don't even, know the, don't even know the ramifications to sin. If you're here tonight, you've got to understand, or today you've got to understand the ramification of sin is death. You will die. Matter of fact, he says, die in your sins. And if you die in your sins, I may, I know it may not be popular, but let me just say it right now. If you die in your sins, you will go to hell. Hell is real, okay? It is real, real, real. Oh, it'll burn up eventually. All my friends will be there. If all your friends are going to be there, they're going to be in the same place you are. It's called hell. And it's going to be miserable. It's not going to be enjoyable. It's not going to be fun. Whether you whether you accept it or not today, you feel the presence of God. Even if you say you don't, you still feel it. Because God's Spirit is everywhere. And in hell, you don't feel it. It's done and over. And if you need to be baptized, we'll baptize somebody later. If you need the Holy Ghost, we'll get there. 
don't have to be baptized to receive the Holy Ghost. You can get the Holy Ghost and get baptized. But you don't do you no good to be baptized if you're not repentant. And you're not going to really get a hold of the Holy Ghost if you're not repentant. It starts with repentance. Revelations 2 and 5, it says, Remember therefore, this thou art fallen, and repent, and do thy first works, or else I will come to thee and quickly, and remove thy candlestick out of thy place. Come on, we need to repent. That's the only thing that's going to heal this land. I don't know all the history of Marion, Kentucky, but if Jimmy is right, it's something he told me. Hear me, I know some of you are praying. You need to hear this. I want to show you how powerful this is. Of all the places I've ever been in my life, Mary, Kentucky has as much discord in it than any place I've ever been in my life. Would anybody agree with that? To the point that I hear people say, critical county. Jimmy said that one of his teachers done a study in Clinton County and Livingston County come about from a dispute between two families. these counties were created a dispute an argument and my guess is Bobby there's some scenes that happened during that time that's never been so we as a church in this area we need to first thank God to give the sins of this city uh, if you know what some of them are you can cry out come on forgive oh God come on give me what is, what is repentance in 2 Corinthians 7.10? For God the sorrow worketh repentance of the salvation. Not to be repentant, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. If there's no sorrow, there's no true repentance. If you're not really sorry of your sin, you're not really repenting. And what we need is the people that will fall on their face and begin to cry out and say, God, forgive me. Number one, start asking God to forgive you. If you're living in sin, if you're doing things that you know is wrong, you need to say, God, forgive me. God. Yeah, you may mess up. You may make a mistake. If you do, it's okay. You can't ask God to forgive you again. But you don't push it off. Don't push off the sin. You need to ask God to forgive you because the land needs to be healed. The land needs to be healed. He's crying out. If we can get the land healed, there's going to be a people that's healed. Hallelujah. Because we know the land's only going to be healed. Praise the Lord. When the people are healed, my people will just call them my name. So I'm going to pray and seek my faith. Then will I hear from heaven. He said, Then I'll forget your sin. And I will heal. The last scripture, First John 1 9, if we confess our sins, He, God, Jesus, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. To cleanse us from all. Chronicles 7.14 It's when the people confess their sins. It's when the people humble themselves. It's when the people turn to the wicked way. That is when the sin is forgiven. That is when the land is here. And that is when the land is So come on. Thank you for your response. I wish to give this to everybody with my pray. At least be in your seat and pray. I've got to pray, preacher. Come on. Right now, we need everybody to repent. Right now, we need everybody to repent. 